theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Bible tells us in verse number 14, we love this scripture. We are apostolic. We're Pentecostal. We love that scripture that says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. But watch what he says now. You, you don't want me to foul, God said, lest there be, oh, I don't know, a fornicator or, or, or a profane person like Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Watch, watch, watch. For ye know that afterward when he would have inherited a blessing, he was rejected. And he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. My subject is found in the final verse of our scripture reading today. First of all, it says, you know how that afterward, everybody say afterward, afterward denotes a time factor. Time began to play a role in the situation. And then the Bible said afterward, when he should have received a blessing, something else transpired. Watch. He said afterward, when he should have received a blessing. Afterward, denoting a time factor. And it says he sought it carefully denoting the manner utilized. My heartbeat today for this church and I do believe that I'll stand before this congregation today with a prophetic word. I'm preaching from this thought. It's too late to be careful now. It's too late to be careful now, if you're in this building and you're going to respond to the Holy Ghost and the preaching of the Word of God, why don't you lift your hands as high as you can and begin to pray right now. It's too late. Shake somebody like you're trying to shake their false teeth out and tell them it's too late to be careful now. God bless you. You may be seated. I reckon I should start the message today by telling the entire congregation that you don't need a radio you don't need a television. 
You don't need the internet. You don't need the funny pages out of the newspaper to really be entertained in this life. All you've got to do, just watch people. Some of the funniest things that I've ever seen in my life had nothing to do with a comedy routine, nothing to do with a comic book character. Sometimes all you really have to do is look around and really listen. Let me start my timer. Really listen at the silly things that people say or do. For instance, parents, and in particularly mothers, can say things that just crack me up. Now, I don't know about y'all, but where I'm from, every now and then when that kid gets a little out of hand, they spank that child. I think it's hilarious when that mother has just put an ever more whooping on that child and then five seconds later that mother looks at that baby and says, what are you crying about? One of my personal favorites, we had an evangelist come preach for us when we lived there by the church. We had a big old honking tree in the backyard. Well, the evangelist had a daughter. I had a grandson. They got out back playing, and they decided he's going to climb the tree. I'd always hope my grandson would be smart. It hasn't always worked out that way. Because the evangelist's daughter told him, if you'll take that umbrella up top of that tree, you jump out, you'll be like Mary Poppins. He said, I don't even know her. She said, you jump out, you just float to the ground. We heard the most blood-curdling scream. We come out. He's laid on the ground crying, screaming, it didn't work, it didn't work, it didn't work. And I'll never forget the words of that evangelist wife as she looked at her little girl up in that tree and uttered the most profound statement. She said, okay, I warned you, if you fall out of that tree and break your leg, don't you come running to me. My brother-in-law was a pastor in Indiana. They were some ornery little kids that used to love to go run and play hide and go seek behind cars and stuff. My brother-in-law was a great guy, crazy as the day is long, but he was a great guy. And he could say the dumbest stuff so innocently. One day he's trying to tell the parents to keep their kids from playing in the parking lot after church and he said I want every child in this building to listen to me right now all the kids just kind of looked at that he said someday you're going to get run over by a car and you probably ain't going to like it <laughs> another thing I've seen people do for years that just wipes me out I find it so funny as they wait until somebody does something silly 
and maims himself. And after the accident, they say, be careful. I am a fat man. I am a fat man that is tall. I am a tall, fat man with bony knees. I sit under a lot of tables. But you want to see my blood pressure go up, let me sit down under a table and scoot my chair up under that table and one of the legs on that table tries its best to rip my kneecap off my body. And it, it hurts. And I don't know, maybe it's just age. I don't know. But you grab your knee and you don't want to say nothing because you're afraid it's going to come out profanity. And you're just... And somebody sitting at that table is going to say, be careful. You think maybe that would have come in handy before... That would have been the time to be careful. How about that grand joy when you're walking through your house with your shoes off and somehow you end up leaving one or two toes hanging on the wrong side of that chair leg and, and you stumble and you go flopping all across the floor only to hear that previously unconcerned person in the room look at you while you're laid out in the floor grimacing in pain. Last time I did it, I had my pinky toe was making a complete right angle. My other one was sticking straight up in the air and I'm laying there in my beautiful wife in whom I am usually well pleased, said, up, be careful. You, you, you reckon the admonition might have been a little more timely if you had said, be careful before I amputated my toes? That would have been the time to express that you'd move the furniture and it was time to be careful. I used to get furious, like I said, I'm a tall man. Uh, I used to get furious when we first started traveling, preaching, we had a travel trailer, Mia. And, and again, I'm six foot four. I'm a big old boy. And, 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 and everybody got that thing. I don't, don't tell nobody what your thing is because they'll, they'll push your buttons. Everybody's got that thing. Now, I, I can smash my finger and I'm all right. I'll just keep on going. I, I can hit my knee and I'm okay, but I can do a lot of things. Somebody can just sit around and eat with their mouth open and I want to punch them in the throat, but I can survive it. I'm all right with all of that. But you want to see me get mad. Let me hit my head on something. When I hit my head, Bubba, I don't have to work up a mad. I'm mad now. And my wife would come in the trailer and she'd get stuff out and she'd pull them cabinet doors up and would leave them open. And, and there are scars on the top of this cranial cavity today where I would stand up and when I'd stand up, uh, the corner of that cabinet or the latch would ever so viciously introduce itself into my head only to hear my wife say those all-important words, honey, be careful. Before, careful was okay. 
now that the, the, the cabinet door is somewhere between my cerebral cavity and my gizzard, that's not the time to tell me to be careful. You should have done that before. Now it's time for band-aids on bald spots, and my bald spot is a big one. You see, at some juncture, you have to realize that the time to be careful is past, and a sense of urgency stands up and says, now is a different time. Now is at hand. Urgency is here now. Listen very carefully. Be careful was good for yesterday, but now it's time for an ice pack on your knee. Be careful. Before was important, but now it's time for a cast on your foot. Be careful. May have been wisdom a few minutes ago, but now it's time to get stitches in your head, and the moral of the story is simple. It's been said and I've heard it all of my life. You can never be too careful but I've come today to preach to God's church in, in this, this capacity today at extraordinary church that there comes a time in our world especially as the children of God when it's too late to be careful and now it's time to get desperate now it's time to get determined now it's time to reach for what God wants you to have let it be established today to this great congregation I'm all for being careful but you need to understand if there's one thing I've learned in 43 years of doing this I've learned that one of the keys to serving God and operating in the spirit is that there is a time to be careful and mindful of the elements around you. But then there is a time that you have to cease being careful and become so directed, so determined, so desperate for a move of God that I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll give anything I've got. My brothers and my sisters, listen to this preacher carefully. I've come to tell Mrs. Saga, it's too late for you to be careful now. We gotta have a move of God. We gotta have an outpouring. What God's got planned for this church is bigger than anything this area has ever seen before. And if it's gonna happen, it's not gonna happen when we're careful. It's not gonna happen when we're cautious. You've got to give it everything you've got. Watch, watch. His name was Esau. And he'd been lackadaisical and indifferent about things in days gone by. The things that God saw as precious. In fact, he was so indifferent about spiritual matters that the Bible calls him a 
profane person. When you look up this translation of this particular instance of the word profane, it means that he was disrespectful about righteous things. He had a supernatural birthright that was going to bless him with the authority of his father. And he traded away his supernatural birthright for a bowl of beans. But then, on the heels of being indifferent about spiritual things, the Bible said there came a day when Esau should have received a blessing that could have changed his world. Esau realizes my daddy's about to die. I need the touch of my father to bless me. I need the touch of the father to empower me. I need the blessings of the father to make a difference in my life. But Esau, (coughs) well, he sought it. He, He sought it. But the Bible tells us he sought it carefully. Esau, you've made some silly mistakes in the past, but now you don't really have time to be careful with your condition. He saw you're in a critical situation. Your daddy's about to close his eyes and you need the touch of the father that's gonna bless you. It's gonna come with the laying on of his hands. And he saw, if you don't mind, I've gotta tell you it's too late to try to do this carefully now. I've come today to preach to the church in Mississauga and tell you it's too late for you to say I'm going to do it but I got to do it carefully I'm going to do it but I got to ease into it you don't have time to ease your way back in it's too late to be careful now hey you don't have time to take it slow and easy it's too late to be careful now you've gone beyond the time you had to reason it all out if you are going to be what God wants this church to be it's too late it's too late it's too late to be careful there comes a time in your spiritual situation that it becomes so desperate it can no longer be a reasoning thing it can no longer be a I'm going to take my time thing it can no longer be I'm going to wait till somebody else worships thing direction says I got my answer and I'm on my way desperacy says I can't afford to wait for somebody else others may have time to play around but it's too late to be careful now extraordinary church listen to this preacher others may have time to play you don't have any more time to play at EC others may have time to twiddle their thumbs in church hear me child of God if the supernatural is going to flow through your hands you don't have 
time to play around. Direction says God's will is right here. I'm going to reach for it. Determination says I'm not going to wait on somebody else. Desperacy says it's my time and I'm going to make it. Those sitting around behind you and beside you may set their idol and want to maintain their carnal dignity. But I've got news for somebody. God's people ain't got time for that anymore. You don't have time for that anymore. Direction says the goal's in sight and I'm going now. Determination said it's time to be blessed and I'm going now. Desperacy says I've got to have the power of God use me but I've got to get it now. It ain't about what others do. It's not about what others don't do. If you're going to touch your God given destiny it's too late to be careful now. Hear this, hear this preacher. There comes a time you can no longer afford to be careful on your journey into the presence of God. <clears throat> Some of you was talking noise last time I was here. I want God to use me. I want God to anoint my hands. I want to be able to speak the word of faith. I want to be able to operate with God. I want to lay hands on the sick and be, see them recover. I want to do it. They can no longer afford to be careful on your journey into the presence of God. The Bible said that it was time for Esau to be blessed, but it never happened. Why? As far as I can read in the word of God, it never said Esau couldn't come running back to God. It never said Esau couldn't repent over his wrongdoings. It never said Esau couldn't have walked in the blessings of God. Then why didn't he make it back to that place? I believe that question was answered when it said when Esau should have been blessed. He failed to find the blessings of God because he tried to do it cautiously. He he tried to do it slowly. He tried to do it gradually. He tried to do it carefully. Hear me today. It's too late to be careful now. If EC is going to become what God wants you to become at this juncture of your existence, I told you I've come to preach prophetically today. If you're going to be everything God wants you to be, you need a revelation that would make you forget about everything else that seems to be so important to your humanistic attempts at carnal dignity and, and the, the idea that we are forced to dwell within the proper religious protocol that holds the rest of the church world down. My brothers and my sisters, our world is going to hell. This area is going to be lost. People in your family are not going to be saved. And God wants to remind us that we've reached that critical time. And it's too late to be careful. But, 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 but I know I've done this a long time. 
Somebody starts talking about, I need God to touch me. I need God to anoint me. I need God to put his hand on me. You let somebody start being used of God. Let somebody finally stand up and say, I'm not waiting on everybody else anymore. And there's always going to be somebody, Bubba, that's going to look at you and say, be careful. Don't get too excited. Don't, don't, don't get all extreme, Bubba. Don't move. You got to maintain your dignity. You got to make sure that everybody respects you. Be careful. Be careful. Don't. I'm going to tell you, there comes a time we got to lay that nonsense down and say, I don't have any reputation anyway. Everything I am is wrapped up in the presence of God. That's why the Bible says of one man, I made myself of no reputation. It doesn't, it's not about Doug White. I'll tell you what it's about. It's about him. It's about his kingdom. Be careful. Come on, baby, calm down. People going to look at you and think you're crazy. Calm down, baby. Shh. Act like, act like it's, it's not dealing with you. Sit there, stoic as you can, because you know we got we, we, we to gotta be careful. Let me tell you about careful. I don't care what anybody says. Let me tell you about careful. Watch this. Give me that first picture. Anybody know these guys? He, he, he travels and preaches. He's an evangelist. He's one of my preachers. Uh, dude's a prophet. I just can't tell him he's a prophet. He, the guy's unbelievable. This, this, well, you probably wouldn't know this girl because she has been in that wheelchair her entire life. But a few weeks ago in Ohio, Brother Bobby Wade walks up to where that young lady is. Uh, he didn't try to drag her out of the chair, nothing. He leaned down and spoke the word of faith. And when he turned around and started to leave, she stood up out of her chair and started going with him. She stood up and said, God healed me. God did it. God did it. And here is what blows my mind. He calls me up and says, Bishop, I'm going to send you a picture. God did it again. God did it again. And he was so excited, Sister Thompson. He, he was so silly. He put it on social media and said, God still does it. And when he did, people twisted off. People, instead of rejoicing, they started saying, you better be careful. You better slow down. You better, they begin to critique him and say, you're going to say that. And she may end up in that wheelchair again. Or she, she, hey, this one was offended. And that preacher was offended. And that carnal saint, you know who wasn't offended? That young lady right there. All she knows is I got up. I got up. I got up. You're going to be everything God wants you to be. 
Somewhere along the line, Bubba, you got to forget about what people think. You got to forget about, they're going to tell, they're going to say you fanatic. They're going to say you too heavenly minded for your own earthly good. They're going to, it don't matter what they say. If God decides, if God decides he wants to use those hands, he's got to have something inside of that heart that said, okay, God, here I am. All right, God, if that's what you need, I'll be your hands. I'll be your lips. I'll be your heart. Be careful, baby. You done been walking the aisles and stuff. Done. Be careful. Don't get worked up, y'all. Just calm down, y'all. Bunch of crazy people, y'all. My God, y'all crazier than half the places I preach, y'all. Just, just shh. Act like it's a dead service. Let's just hurry and get through this so we can maintain our dignity. I've got news for you. If we ever let go of our dignity, God's going to do miracles in your midst. Anybody want revival at EC? Sit down, sit down. You want revival at EC? <laughs> Give me the next picture. See that boy right there? He's about the size of the lint in my pocket. His name Taylor Fish. He's another one of my preachers that went to preach, I think, a weekend meeting in Little Rock, Arkansas. And it went so well that they said, can you stay another week? And can you stay another month? I don't mean to, uh, to offend anybody in here, but I still believe in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are gonna prophesy. Your young men are gonna see visions and dream dreams. I still believe that. Homeboy's been there now for about four months. Surely something got to be going on for him to stay in revival. You imagine being in revival for four months? Oh, I remember what it is now. He has baptized over 300 people in this revival. And somewhere between 1,200 and 1,500 have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've never heard of it. I've never seen it on this wise. I've never heard about it in our midst. But I was in Alabama last week. It's one of the highlights of my life. You can fool me. You can tell me I'm ugly. You can tell me I don't have no hair. You can say whatever you want. I don't give a rip what you say about me. You touch one of my preachers, I slap the taste out the devil's mouth. So I'm sitting there after church one night. I had just preached until my liver quivered. I just wore myself. And we go back and sit down. All the preachers are going to sit and eat together. <laughs> Y'all hold on. My fridge is failing me. 
The only thing that stands between you and the great falling away is my suspenders right now. I'm sitting there eating. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Bella, I heard some dude over here sitting at the table said, Hey, you heard about that so-called revival in Arkansas? Supposed to have been 300 people baptized. I don't no more believe that stuff. They're saying all these people got the Holy Ghost. I don't believe, God don't do stuff like that anymore. And my heart got Holy Ghost happy. I said, you. He looked around and said, what? I said, you. Look at me. He said, you need something, Bishop? I said, nope, you need to hear me. He said, what is it? I said, that boy that you're critiquing, because I'd heard whispers here and there. I said, that boy that you're critiquing, he's not just any evangelist, son, he's my evangelist. I said, and what you don't know is that boy calls me every night and tells me how many has been baptized and how many's got the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me right now? This one can criticize him and that one can criticize him and other churches can criticize him. But you know who doesn't criticize him? The 300 people that got the... The 300 people that had their sins washed away. The ones that don't criticize him are the ones, the 12 to 1500 that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You see, you're just as big as Little Rock is. Why not here? I don't know where we're going to put all 300 of them, but we got to find a place to put them. You hear me? I don't know how we're going to get the job done, but you better get your baptistry ready. You need revival. You need revival. You need revival. It's too late. I'm sorry. It's too late to sit back and twiddle your thumbs and say God doesn't do that anymore. Wasn't it God who said, now, knowing the time, it's high time to wake up out of our sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. He see, I need you to hear me. It's too late to be careful now. Clap your hands and love it. Bishop White, don't you know you can never be too careful? Oh, really? Some of y'all may want to tell Jesus about that because he does not share your sentiment. Watch now. Jesus comes into the house of Mary and Martha. <laughs> I'm fixing to preach good God in heaven. Give me strength, God. I'm a fat man. Jesus comes into the house of Mary and Martha. Lazarus is sitting at the table. Jesus had raised him from the dead. And the Bible said that Martha was cumbered about 
much serving as she went about cleaning and cooking and she was trying to make the place ready she was concerned about the meals she was concerned about how the table was going to look she was concerned ma'am if the decor was all going to be sufficient finally she turns around and she looks in the living room and there sitting at the feet of Jesus uh, is her little sister Mary Uh, it didn't bother Mary that she was on the floor at the feet of Jesus in the midst of a bunch of crusty old preachers. It didn't faze Mary that she was sitting on the floor that Martha was wanting to clean. It didn't concern Mary that she was more interested in being in God's presence than how her hair looked. It didn't trouble Mary that she was more in touch with what God was doing than what Martha was wearing. Finally, Martha said, oh, I ain't taking this no more. She runs into Jesus. (laughs) She said, Lord, don't you care that my little sister Mary has left me all alone to serve? After all, God, I want everything to look right. When we have church today, I, I want to make sure all the music's right, all the EQs are set. I, I got to make sure that all the singing is in the right key, Mia. I, I got to make sure that the schedule of the meeting is appropriate. I, I got to make sure that all the clothes are wrinkle-free and fashionable. I, I got to make sure that my hair's fixed uh, like nobody's ever seen it fixed. And in that moment, Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, those things shouldn't been done before. Before I got here, that was important before I walked in the room. It was time to be careful before I came into your presence. But now, now that I'm in your midst, Martha, Martha, thou art careful about many things but there's one thing that's necessary and Mary chose it it's too late to be careful now and so I've come to preach today to this congregation that in God's divine flow it's too late to be careful now Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I've had saints tell me they're trying to get closer to God. But it's taken them weeks to get back where they were when they only backslid a few days ago. You better make that journey because it's too late to be careful now. I've got young people in my church, Brother Thompson, that, that, that just decided on a whim to be stupid. And they did dumb things they should never have done. But now I've watched them come to church and they're trying to claw their way back to God. But when they come back, they're wanting to bring some of the stuff they got out there with them. You better understand if you're going to get the blessing of God, you got to get desperate. It's too late to be careful now. Tell you what I see. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Uh, Bishop, don't say stuff like this if I don't feel it. But I need everybody in here to listen to me. I guarantee you God's been dealing with people around you. And they realize that they've got to do something. And now 
is the time for you to start reaching now. It's the time that you've got to pick them up now. It's the time you're worrying yourself to death that you're going to be too strong in your reaching for them. I've got to tell you, they've got a soul that's going to live forever somewhere. You've got to quit worrying about hurting their feelings because it's too late to be careful now. Martha, it's time to be careful about your hairdo before God gets there. You gotta be careful about your flawless fashions before God gets there. Now, you've gotta be more concerned with his will than your wrinkles. Hey, Martha, you gotta be more concerned about specific schedules before you get here. It's too late to be careful when the miracle workers in the house when the wonder workers in the house I know I've done this a long time pastor this is the part some of you jokers need to say well brother white you know the bible says let everything be done decently and in order. Yeah, I know. I've preached it for 43 years. But let me help you. Quit trying to use that scripture to justify your own insecurities. God's not talking about things being done decently in our carnal opinions. He's not saying it's all to be done in an order that makes us look culturally refined. That scripture's talking about what God considers decent, what God considers in order. And I'm going to put it in perspective today. Being used of God is always the decent thing for his church to do. Having a move of God is always in order for God's kingdom. <laughs> Tell you what, some of you need today by telling you what I know. The Bible said days should speak and the multitude of years should give wisdom. That, 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 that's, that's fancy terminology for saying us old dudes have been around long enough we ought to know a few things. I need somebody in here to listen to what I've got to say. I'm going to tell you what you need to do by telling you what I know through the Holy Ghost. I know God is trying to do something supernatural at EC right now. I know that God, I haven't been here. Your pastor ain't said a word, but I know that God has stepped into some of your worlds recently and he started changing your structure in an amazing way. I know, Pastor, that the window of opportunity is getting ready to be ripped off the hinges for this church so God can start using some of you in the laying on of hands. And just because of that, some of you need to realize I don't have time to wait for a special service to get my miracle. It's got to be there today. You don't have time for some prophet to give you a word. Desperacy ought to shove you out today. You don't have time to wait for somebody else to move before you move. 
you're going to be used to God. You just got to let go of all that business. That's what I know. Everything in this church is getting ready to change if you'll step into the flow of this. I prophesy to this church that you're going to see the greatest revival this region has ever seen in its history if you'll just flow with what God's trying to do. Trust me, I never learned to lie on God. I'll stand by exactly what I said in this place. Can I be honest with you today? Right now would be the time for me to say it. I sometimes miss the days when Holy Ghost response was unexpected and instant among God's people. Now it seems like too many of our churches, we've got to push, we got to shove them towards some kind of a crescendo until you either respond or rebel. I want you to know that real worship is not supposed to be a high pressure situation. It's it's supposed to be a mindset that said God loves worship. He'll anoint worship. Let me worship. It's a spiritual connection to God. Let me show you what I'm talking about. I need about 10 of the good praisers in this church. Get on your feet right now and lose your mind in worship. It's too late to wait for somebody else to break the stronghold. It's too late. Be seated. Be seated, be seated. Hey, I'm going to tell you to kiss her. You don't need a preacher telling you when to stand up. You ought to already be on your feet. You ought to already be pouring your heart out. You ought to already be having a move of God. Let me tell you what else I miss in our churches. Let me tell you what else I miss in our churches. I miss the days when we had lifestyle evangelism instead of everybody getting together once a month and about 5% of the church trying to bring somebody to service the next day. I'm going to preach to everybody in here. Witnessing to people and trying to get them to church should be an everyday situation. That young man right there just told you how easy it was to start talking to somebody that said, I'll come with you, I'll pray. And then God gives him the Holy Ghost in his bedroom. Are you listening to me? It's too late to let pride get in your way. It's too late to say somebody else can do it. It's too late to say I'm too timid some of you need to make a vow to God today that you'll not let a day go by without finding an open door how many really want to be used of God
You want to know what will help you be used of God? Every day when I get out of bed, I pray for my family. I pray for my church. I pray for my preachers and their families. I pray for these churches. And then before I leave the room, every day I live. You see, I believe if you want specific answers, you need to learn to pray specific prayers. Before I leave, I say, okay, God, I don't know where all I'm going to be today. I don't know who I'm going to be around. I'm asking you to be my eyes and let me see the doors that you open up. I did that a few weeks ago. I was preaching in a place called Goshen, Indiana. And, and, and it's in Amish country. Well, I've been around Amish people a lot through the years. And, and, and I'm so stupid, I, I forgot about the time difference. And I had, the pastor had given me a vehicle. And I got to church about two hours early. So I pull up and there ain't nobody there. And I done fired up. I messed up. I was angry. I thought, bless God, if I can't go to church... And find somebody to talk to. So I went to a coffee shop. And I saw them pull up in a little buggy. Two boys and two girls got out. I don't know about Amish dating. All I know is it was to be, it was like four degrees outside, and they in the middle of that buggy riding around. Uh, Amish or not Amish, I hope they cuddled a little bit because that'd kill a person. And they come in. I'm sitting here drinking some tea with sugar-free vanilla syrup and a little milk blended in. Mm. It was good. I'm sitting there drinking it, and I see him come in the door. I say, come on, Jesus. Come on, God. I know you're smarter than I am. You got to figure this out. And that place was completely empty except me before they walked in and the people behind the counter. They had all them tables, 30 tables probably, booze, chairs, couches they could have sat at. I am sitting in the corner of the room over there by myself looking at my notes. And all of a sudden, they start walking towards me. And they sat at the table right there with me looking down on the table. I just shut my iPad and said, speak, Lord. God began to deal with my heart. I said, hey, guys. I don't mean to disturb you, but I'm from Texas, and and I've noticed there's not a lot of Amish people in Texas. I said, why aren't there more Amish people in Texas? Only to have one of the young ladies look at me and say, well, I never thought about it. I know we grow crops all the time. She said, do crops go good in, in Texas? I said, well, uh, the few crops that we have, well, we can get two or three harvests of them, but, but we're very limited. We don't get good corn, and we don't get, she said, see, that's your answer. You just can't grow if you're not in the right environment. I said, you know, I believe that. She said, you grow crops? I said, kind of. 
I said, I grow people. She said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm a pastor. And things just don't grow if you're in the wrong environment. If you're in the wrong, and we begin to witness to them. And they said, what do you believe? What's different in you and us? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be used of God, you've got to have a heart that said, show me, show me, show me, show me the doors. Lift your hands up and pray for God to use you right now. I got to quit. Time's dwindling away. Let me tell you what else I know. It's too late to play around with being used of God. Really being used of God is never Never, Lincoln, really being used of God is never supposed to be a random experience. If the hand of God is on you, it's because he wants to use you on Sunday and Monday. He wants to use you on Tuesday and Wednesday. He wants to use you on Thursday and Friday. He wants to use, if the hand of God is on you, the power of God wants to flow with you right now, right now. The working of miracles is in this building. Jump to your feet real quick. I don't know, I may be done, but I want you to take your neighbor by the hand and I want you to begin to pray for God to do a miracle. Pray for God to do a miracle. Come on, it's too late to be careful now. Come on, it's too late to be polite about it now. Come on, it's too late to be careful now. Come on, do it. Music, you might as well come, baby. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Come on, you talked all that noise. You said you wanted God to use you. Brother Thompson, forgive me for being personal for just a moment here. I want to see a miracle. I don't care if it's in this building or out of this building. But I believe in E.C., I believe in your heart. I believe in the passion of this leadership team. I got off the phone today casting a devil out of a woman in Oklahoma. Before I could get off the phone good, my phone started buzzing again. And I've got one of my preachers, the pastors in Eminence, Kentucky. Precious. Precious. Him and his wife are precious people. But he got sick last week and went to the hospital. They called him, I guess, with his results last night, and he still ain't bothered me. Ain't told me about it. 
But one of the saints have got a hold of me. Found out that he has stage four cancer in his liver that's gone to all of his lymph nodes. And they said with the best of care, he may have a year to live before it takes him. He's a good man. He's a good man. I wonder if EC can pray today and God can heal all the way in the state of Kentucky. Today. If you have ever been used of God, I want you to call out the name of Nick Sr. and tell him, God, I curse that cancer. I curse the cancer in his liver. I curse the cancer in his lymph nodes. Hey, you feel that? You feel that atmosphere change? Well, it talks and some of them just stepped in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit.